I'm Patches Black, and you're listening to Straight From The Dome. Pat, 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 chin. Welcome, well, welcome. This is season six of Straight From The Dome, but this is the first season that this will be done on Twitter Spaces. So this is still a fresh beginning, but in the honor of the new moon in Sagittarius, this is about new beginnings anyway. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? We're matching. Black and white. The black and white. Well, you got the memo for today's show. (laughs) You say what? I say you got the memo for today's show, attire-wise. I see. Both of our crowns are on our forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does that. It definitely does that. So, today's conglomerate conversation on Straight from the Dome, we're going to be discussing industry incompetence. (laughs) As there are lots of industry incompetency going on around and about, Um, a couple of the honest, open, unfiltered, and uncut thoughts, emotions, and opinions, and feelings will be expressed on today. We'll cover August Alsina, Meg the Stallion, this one here, LL Cool J, Orlando Brown, and R. Kelly. But before we get started, would you like to give a brief introduction about yourself or what you want people to know about you who will be listening who will be patching in oh okay um by Nephthys goddess by Nephthys um in a lot of different ways I guess say I'm a content creator in a, in a lot of different ways, content, um, whether it be art, music, um, conversation, and things of that nature, I always try to find a way to effectively communicate. I guess I can put it that way. Um, love history, love black history, and, and love teaching and spreading knowledge of the things that I'm able to find to better our people. And I guess I can just kind of leave that right there. I don't know. Is that, <laughs> is that enough? That is quite enough if that is all that you are led to share. Now, getting into your content creation, what is your favorite form of content creation because you did state that you are a content creator in many ways so out of those many ways which one 
would be your favorite um, avenue of expression. Right, so the irony, <laughs> the irony in that is verbally, I love to talk and verbalize um, with, that's my favorite form of content create thus far, thus far. And the irony with that is I, I get nervous. I get stage fright. <laughs> well, that just means that you're passionate about what you do. As a performer myself, I've performed many, many times in front of many, many people. And every time I get out there, especially when I'm on the runway or if I'm performing poetry, I get nervous because I'm doing something that I'm passionate about and that I take seriously and that I hold dear to me. And I don't want to mess up. Not so much worried or concerned about how others will perceive me or my performance, but more so how I will perceive my performance once I look back and reflect on it. Because I'm my biggest and hardest, toughest critic. And so if it's not good enough for me... <laughs> It's not good enough, regardless of what, you know, others may feel or believe. So every time I hit the runway, I get nervous. Every time I'm about to recite a poem, I get nervous. But because I was trained in performing at an early age, I know how to block it and make it look like it's all good. But on the inside, on the outside, my armpits are sweating my body temperature done got hot. And every now and again, you will find, you will catch me repeating myself because I allow emotions to override my brain. And so now I'm forgetting shit. Now I repeat lines, but they don't know the content of my creation. So they don't know if it's supposed to be like that or not. And that's the type of shit that I play on. But you are not alone in that category. So do you ever, do you ever go back, like, do you ever go back and watch yourself perform or listen to yourself recite and think, like, for instance, when I'm doing my podcast, once I record it, it's just there. I never go back and re-listen to it. I used to be that way. But then I don't know what I need to change or, um if that's the, the voice or the pitch or the the personality or the image that I won't present it. Oh, did I come off too aggressive? Oh, was my voice too deep or masculine? Was I speaking too fast? Things like that. So I'll go back now. Because at first I couldn't stand if I recorded a song, that's why I don't rap um, now. That's why I'm not like in the industry for rapping. I'll produce some music or if you catch me in a good mood and reviving, you'll catch me freestyling if I'm com comfortable around you. But other than that, I wouldn't record because I didn't like the way I sound. And if you did catch me recorded, I would drown myself out with the bass or with the music so you could barely hear my vocals because I couldn't stand it. Other people could enjoy it. But now I've gotten used to my voice and I'll go back and I'll listen to it and I'll find myself listening to myself over and over again so I'm falling asleep to my own voice when it comes to the different shows that I do when I'm able to get 
my walk captured on video and, and I, I play it back like, oh, okay, you sped up a little bit too fast, but you still did a good job. I still like your, your swing of it. Okay. You could switch it up. I watch it over and over and I find something different that I could do or could have done different every time. But I'm still proud of myself and the performance in which I gained. But next time, okay, I can make it better. So I get that. Yeah, so you have nothing to excuse me to dehydrated room. We're about hydration in this phase right now. So this new moon hydration. So I'm trying to stay in alignment with that because, boy, I am dried out. Okay, so your your favorite avenue is speaking. And um, give um, a little people information about your podcast so they can look you up and follow you or subscribe to you and get in touch with you and hear you on your own platform doing your own thing instead of on somebody else's platform grateful to have you here gratitude but you know people want more of you or would want more of you on their own time you know selfish for their own needs so give them information about your podcast and then we can get into today's topics oh wow okay um my podcast um is convo convos with the queen convos with the queen and it's usually pretty much kind of like this format where I have conversations with other people and we talk about anything that's pop culture you know related um industry music um history just whatever that is on the table or whatever is relevant you know pretty much at the time and so it's it's usually I usually have a guest in combos with the queen, um, and you can find that pretty much anywhere that the podcasts are available. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer. I have a lot of different places where that is available at, and you know what? I forgot to mention. Also, one of my I think I'm equally tied with one of my favorite content created creations being my the radio station I was doing on station head I found because I love music so I found that I just realized that that's something that I like to do as well but um I call myself the podcast queen and I have been taking a break from podcasting oh because you know I've been working on writing my book and my autobiography which is a challenge that I was not expecting for it to be, but <laughs> thank you, thank you. And so I believe it should be a link in my bio. If not, I will work on that. But it might be a link in my bio where people can check out um, my previous episodes on my podcast. So it's Convos with the Queen, and there will definitely be more content to come. And so, yeah.
And can you let them know how to spell that? You know, is it with a C? Is it with a K? Because, you know, people spell things crazy nowadays. So we want to make sure they have no excuses on finding you and locating your podcast. So, you know, you're absolutely right, because I, I clearly have two apostrophes in my name on this one. So it's C-O-N-V-O-S. W slash T A T Q U E E N convos with and it is a W slash so it's like you know kind of abbreviated W slash the queen convos with the queen and that slash not dash and you guys heard it she is on all platforms of podcasting. There's no excuse. So if you have an iPhone, you have no excuse. You can get her on Apple. If you have an Android, no excuse. You can find her on Spotify, Deezer, Amazon, or all the other different podcasts. So getting into today's topic, industry incompetence. Now, um, the etymology queen over here. <laughs> Incompetence. Many may or may not know the definition of the term, but basically it really deals with contracts and it deals with not having the knowledge and the understanding, even being in the right mind to even sign or put yourself in a binded, legally binded situation, which a lot of these artists have done, are doing, and will continue to do due to the industry's agenda and success and lineage and due to the lack of teaching. A lot of us don't have people teaching us and showing us how to do things and where to go, what to do, what not to do. But basically being incompetent is not having the necessary skills to do something successfully. And that's the industry in a nutshell. So a couple of things. Um, well, first I want to start off with the industry incompetence with Meg the Stallion. She is in the news again, back and forth with this lawsuit between 1501 Records. It's been a back and forth between Rock Nation, 1501, and now Rock Nation, that's Jay-Z's label. And 1501 Records um, is dealing with Funk Master Flex, Academics, and, and and those two, and if you know the history behind things, academics and uh, Funkmaster Flex has their their issues with Jay Z and uh, Rock Nation, and the uh, recently pardoned Desiree Perez, she was just recently pardoned by Trump. Um, they had to put a protective order against them due to all of the harassment. And the bogus contract that Meg 
herself signed. But a lot of us don't read that fine print. A lot of us don't have lawyers in our corner. A lot of we might have lawyers, but they might not be in our corner. They're in the the pockets corner, the money corner, filling up their pockets and making it fatter. So she signed a deal that she basically gives them sixty percent of all her share profits. Normally, it's a 10, 20%. 60%, she gets nothing. She can't really even put out that much music without being under their influence and control. So until they settle and get out of that, she basically stuck making bullshit music and record stuff. They're railroading her. Exactly. Yes. And that's that's what's going on. Same thing with Ashanti. Going back to um what's his name she was dealing with? Yes. That motherfucker right there. He years and years later wanna throw in the fact that he had a relationship with her and all of that, but you won't release none of her fucking records. You won't. She can't. She can't perform. Wonder why a lot of these artists haven't come out with new music? Cause they can't due to being stuck in these bogus ass contracts with these labels. Cause if they come out with something new, shit, that that money goes straight to them. Even if they don't part ways, it, it's a part of the contract that they signed. So now. Folks are stuck. Shanti can't come out with nothing new. That's why a lot of these artists keep going on tour, singing the same old song, doing the same old dance. Basically being that $40 million slave. I call it, and for the lack of a bit, I call it the the Motown effect. Hmm. Where, and I could be, you know, a little inaccurate, but to my knowledge, most people that signed to Motown died lonely and broke. Lonely, okay, because when you're famous and things of that nature and you have a certain type of notoriety it's hard to find people who genuinely like you for you right i get that part but the broke that doesn't make sense to me when songs that were created over 60 plus years ago 50 60 years ago and more that still are relevant today these people are not seeing the benefits of of, of this content. Um, even down to their families, if they're if the actual artists have transitioned, they're not seeing the money, and it doesn't make any sense at all. I call it I, I call it the the Motown syndrome, where these these a lot of these artists, the way that the the game is set up, you're gonna die broke i seen a, i seen an article earlier and i didn't read the whole thing where it was saying that meek mills said he only made 11 million dollars mm-hmm. 
in 10 years, that's less than a million dollars a year. Now, me being petty, he the picture they used, he had on all these jewels. And I was like, it looks like he's wearing it. Yeah. I don't understand that. Like, living above your means to fit in with what? To fit in with who? If you are the content creator, if you are the influencer, then you should march to the beat of your own drum and not go out here and buy $600,000 earrings, $7 million earrings for what? The people who are listening to you, they can't afford that stuff. Mm-mm. Apparently, neither can they. Apparently, neither can they. <laughs> I didn't even know about... Um, I didn't even know about this this whole thing with Meg. And, mm-hmm. it, and now it makes me need to go back. Have you heard her latest album? I have not. Oh, Caraca. <laughs> I've heard, um, I've only heard her perform a, a few songs at, at certain areas. Like, one of the songs that I heard, like, you could tell she is in a transition state. And one of the songs is like a dedication to her mother or something to that extent. I heard that one, and then I think the one that was, I guess, like a shot at uh, Tori. Well, definitely a shot at Tori was. I listened to the album, and and for for Megan, it was the very first album of hers that I listened to in entirety since Tina Snow and Fever. So Tina Snow is her. Um, first album i mean i feel like make it hot was a mixtape i don't know but yeah, oh, that's, yeah my, my bad my no bad. you could go ahead go ahead that's 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 what they were saying because meg was like i fulfilled my duties with you all and they came back dude as a counter lawsuit was like you only put out one album which was the the one you just said the tina snow and and they still basically looking money for she still owe money for that then they was like the second album she did put out they said that was a bullshit ass mixtape and that doesn't constitute as an album so she still owes them an album before she can even legally be done with it so they're trying to settle on that but back to you (laughs) (laughs) so make it hot was a, in my opinion, of course, a mixtape um, that she released in 2017. And it was only um, contracted to Meg, Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion. It wasn't even Meg at that time. Um, Tina Snow came out in 2018. Now, Tina Snow is the one they're referencing because that album, 10 song album, was. 1501 Certified Entertainment LLC under exclusive license to 300 Entertainment. Okay. Then she had the very next one in 2019 called Fever. That was 1501 
exclusive license to 300 Entertainment as well. Then she had Sugar, 1501, 300 Entertainment. She had Sugar Chopped and Screwed, 1501, 300 Entertainment. She had Good News. Now, that one I had not listened to. That's 1501, 300. Now, the the last one that she just put out called Traumazine. 1501 300. Yes. These, I'm, I'm going to read you these titles. I listened to the album, and she's definitely saying a whole lot without saying anything at all, right? So I'm going to go in order with the titles. Number one, and keep in mind, it's 18 tracks. NDA ungrateful not nice budget her gift and a curse miss nasty who me red wine scary anxiety flip flop consistency star Pressurelicious, Plan B, Southside Royalty Freestyle, and Sweetest Pie. The titles alone ought to let people know she's trying to say something without legally giving up too much information. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the first one right there tells it all. And that goes back to that $40 million slave. Everybody in the industry, when they sign that contract, they have to sign that NDA. And within that, especially the athletes, the athletes really are the ones that, that really go through, that suffer from that $40 million slave syndrome. Because they're only allowed to do certain shit. They're only allowed to go to certain places. They're only allowed to be around certain people. It's in their fucking contract. So that's why when a lot of people be like, well, they don't get rich and they don't come back to the hood. No, they can't. All they can do is a lot of fundraisers and a lot of charity work. And it has to be a charity that is of their approval. They can't go just donate to any old charity they want to. A charity that falls in alignment with their vision so a lot of people don't even know and understand that like and the people who are really really deep into it they avoid their family because if they spend a lot of time with their family or their loved ones should they put their life in danger if they fuck around and go outside of the boundaries or they get too comfortable within their means. Like that that leads into um the, the next thing like with, with R. Kelly. Guess who's about to be released? And, and really shouldn't have been locked up in the first place because they didn't have no concrete evidence or proof that none of this shit happened. None of the stories stood up. And now, since it's being considered unconstitutional, oh, we got to let them out now. 
But the only reason why they letting him out is because now he done leveraged his masters. Mm. And his catalog. The reason why they put them in the jail in the first place is so they can get a hold of that catalog. You know how many people R. Kelly don't wrote for, whether he can read or not. Damn near all of these top name artists back in the day, these songs that we listened to was written by R. Kelly, the GOAT himself. Yeah, 80s, 90s, and early to mid-2000s. Yeah, his catalog is ridiculous. And he owned that shit. Well, he was getting ownership of his shit once he realized that he been fucked over and then he hired the right people that was in putting shit in place and getting his money right and letting him know hey, he was basically incompetent to be signing any contracts and all of that. And so once he got to getting in and was like, hey man, this ain't right. Y'all done done wrong. Y'all owe me this. Y'all owe me that. I want ownership of this. Y'all owe me ownership of that. Oh, fuck that. Lock this motherfucker up for, um, molestation and da, 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 come find out we're from the city we know how this shit go yeah we know that the girls be lying about their age and we know that these parents be wanting to come up and they want to check so they go ahead and put their own children out there like that's just shit the truth a lot of them people them women that were so called uh, in danger or whatever the case may be they parents knew who the fuck they were they was getting monthly checks and when they got greedy they wanted more and all of that but yeah but now he's getting ready to be released and guess what is about to make a comeback real motherfucking R&B all of this little sugar pop shit that's out this old goat is about to give them a run for their money. Hell, you done wrote some of these youngsters shit too while in prison. You so, say you say sugar pop shit. That cracks me up. So hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's straight from the dome in this motherfucker. Like any other platform we don't be on. <laughs> no, but it's true and it and it took me a while. I feel like maybe even last year or this year to realize that R&B, for what we know it to be, people in mind in your age group and generation, is in a coma. Hmm. Not dead. It's not dead. Because there are a lot of good artists still out there making music. But commercially, you, you remember growing up, there wasn't a rap only station. It was hip hop and R&B. And you got an equal dose of both. One minute is you're all I need to get by. And that's Method Man and Mary J. Blige, which is hip hop and R&B in one. Because the sample was hip hop but then the remix of the sample was on, I'm sorry, the sample was R&B, but the remix of the sample was turned into hip-hop once Method Man got on it and started rapping. And it was like, you, we, we would get a combination of both in one song and or separately, but they were both equally appreciated. And not that we don't appreciate R&B, the artists are not 
getting the spotlight that they deserve. The real true artists snack these overnight celebrities that got dog on Twister talk. <laughs> That was a good album speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. sample right there was Luther Vandross that everybody know Luther Vandross is R and B. Now but let's take it even further. Was that big Luther or was that little Luther? That was big Luther to me. <laughs> To me, that was Big Luther. It, it 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 wasn't it wasn't as big as what he was was right, but I, it wasn't Lil Luther. It was like a little bit in between. Say you gonna be in love with me, driving me crazy to think that my baby. Who don't want to hear that? <laughs> right, but you 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 are absolutely correct because almost every song that I can remember growing up to had that combo effect. From your dog on Drew Hills to your KC and JoJo's. Even when you start getting into the early 2000s, shucks. Even got dog on Yin Yang Twins had a, a, a some smooth old bedroom type music going on. Bedroom boom. God dang it. Shit. <laughs> Even Little John and the Eastside Boys, they had that crunk shit, but they still had that Dookie Love, Dookie Love, Dookie Love. <laughs> it's always been the again. Can we be lovers and friends? That too. Him and Usher. But all of that shit is dead now. All of this, I mean, I sit here and I wonder, oh, I wonder, 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 what, right, you know? And if you're not, listening, they have separated the the avenues. They've segregated the industry so much. And, and I'm not a fan of Mr. Sean... Puffy, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, Diddy Love Combs. Not a fan, per se. Me either, but remind me about him once you get your point out. And, And there you go. The point is, to be honest with you, he was, in my opinion, one of the first ones to master mixing R&B and hip hop together. I can see your um your reasoning with that. I can see that. I can see that. But just like when we were um just talking about the the contracts and the non-disclosure, how they basically get railroaded and they can't do certain things. Now, when it comes to bad boy entertainment, speaking of Mr. Combs, all his artists, he's in charge of their burial and funeral arrangements. The family can't do shit. Because in the contract, he's in charge of that shit. That's why when um, that shit happened with Black Rob, family can do shit. Puffy had to be in control of all that shit. 
and he took his time and and whoo boy we could be all day on this character here but yeah he's in charge of when he say bad boy for life he mean that shit even if you are not a part of the label anymore you are still under bad boy entertainment ownership to the day you die and when you die he's in control of your burial so he decides whether you got a good lavish burial funeral or a bullshit ass cremate this motherfucker it gives me very mob ties very mafia type of organization that he ran bad boys what's what's that all about (laughs) he started off as a secretary well well, that's what I called her the secretary and he manipulated his way into position that's that Sagittarius energy he put himself in a position to be what he wanted to be and speaking of him again uh huh guess who ex he's dating you said guess who did what guess whose ex he's dating I know, okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that he was in a serious or semi-serious relationship with Young Miami. But there have been pictures and rumors afloat of him taking another woman out on like these lavish trips. And so it makes me wonder did young Miami sign up for an open relationship um do people really think that she actually takes him seriously because when you look at the type of music that she and I'm not gonna speak just it's not a negative thing because I have not listened all the way to everything I've, I've heard stuff here and there do um is, is she taking that relationship seriously or is she using it for clout and leverage? So who please date, bro? I will go with the clout um, and leverage because we've all heard this, the stories and the rumors. He has a type. She doesn't fit in that category of his type. He has a quote-unquote history. She doesn't fall in alignment with that quote-unquote history of the type that he dealt with so to keep himself relevant and to further her growth in career to make her more of a relevant individual um yeah so it is and so it shall be can i just say i personally by this feel like he has never and will never take anybody seriously that is not Kim Porter. Mm-hmm. That, that was one that he was actually kind of messed up over. But, I mean, and with him being Sagittarius, Sagittarius has commitment issues anyway. And then with him being who he is and the history that he has and the shit that he, has been done to him that he has later on done to others in the industry... Yeah. Um, T, why would take anybody seriously anyway? 
he fully loved her and he loved her so much they made multiple children at one time mm-hmm. 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 them twins them twins and they're so big and they're so talented but i i um i don't see i don't see him taking anybody anybody seriously for real for real i see him because i feel like he felt like he had enough time to play and do what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. gonna be there no matter what and to a certain extent kim was going to be there no matter what she just she was not tolerant of the shenanigans and the games that he wanted to play and so um, what they say, an untimely death, that's what threw everything off. I think he felt like he had enough time to play, and when he was ready to settle down, that Kim was going to be there. And she might have, because I feel like their love was mutual. However, he lost that opportunity playing games. <clears throat> Definitely so. Dipping and dabbing in all of the wrong pots. Some of the pots he was directed to dip in, and some of them, you know, he was doing his Sagittarian exploration and adventure shit. I never knew he was a Sagittarius, and probably because I, I never really cared for him anyway, and now I see why, because he's a Sagittarius, so he would have never been on the radar for real, but it makes sense now when you say that, when I look back at his behavior, his interviews, and just the way that he carried himself. And just let me ask a question to see if you gonna pick up on it. You are a puzzle piecer with that Geminian brain. So who else in the industry does he give his energy give you? Mm. Okay, so... When I think about, I mean, there's a few people. I'm not even going to lie to you. There's a few people. Mm, this is interesting. A few. Yeah. And, and I have to go. I have to go um, fiction and nonfiction. Mm. When I will start nonfiction because, you know, when I saw him dressed up as the Joker <laughs> for how I've never felt like he was an actor. I've never felt like he could be a good actor. Um, but when I saw him in that costume and the way that he committed to that character, it was like he was able to be himself because he was in costume. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we always, well, I've always compared the Joker to Sagittarius. See? Never knew that. But he definitely gave me big Joker vibes. I mean, he gives me safari energy. Oh. He gets. <laughs> clown begot clown begot clown begot clown. Safari's always been a clown to me. Mm-hmm. Not sorry, Safari, if you ever hear this and 
you ever feel like what I'm saying should matter to you, which you don't. So he'll just be disregarding, even though it'll just still affect him. You say he's what? He's a cancer. See? A July one at that, so he's very emotional. Have to be careful what you say to and around him. See? Because then he'll start throwing chairs and tables and shit, you know, and then go cry in the corner when the cameras are on. My bad. The last chair he threw landed on his head. <laughs> because he was so dramatic. And he is so, like, uh, he needs to tap into his masculine energy more. He is unbalanced. He is definitely unbalanced. He is more in tune with his feminine energy than he is his masculine. Which is crazy that he even got with Erica because outside her, uh, you know what the fuck that was. Well, it was a fetish for the both of them. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, not rightfully so, but that respectfully, they were each other's fetish. Um, he loved how and why he chose her. I'm not sure because let everybody tell it, even his mother. He loves a big booty chick. That's why she went and got that sloppy ass BPL job. Thank you. Because when she got, when they got together, she had not had that kind of work done. Or no breath. Or no breath. She didn't have anything. But she was fine the way she was because it fit her body proportion. And she was still booked and busy. But now it's like disgusting. You can see all of the work she done on her face. She didn't have a fat face to even begin with. Mm-mm. And then and did all that surgery on it, she looked fucking Skeletor-ish. And then you skinny and slim and you went and get this wide sloppy-ass body, but you can barely walk, and when you walk the shit is all sloppy and shit. You don't want to look at that, because he didn't tell you to go get the shit done. But you went and go got the shit done, and now he told people that he wasn't even attracted to you, that he don't even recognize you no more, and now you want to get mad at him because he done went and, and screwed somebody else that looked similar to you, but her work was done right. <laughs> Oops. Her work was definitely done right. Um, she went to a way better doctor. She got way better results. She must have went to the DR shit. Well, they're all in black Twitter news. <laughs> Colorism. Mm-hmm. Arresting dark skinned people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're basically being charged with being dark without being charged with being. But, yeah, so I would say for nonfiction, Diddy, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Puff Love, Combs. he gives me joker vibes and he gives me safari vibes and maybe even a little bit of meek mill oh see i didn't see either one of those two i didn't see safari or meek i ended up seeing safari after you said it 
I still can't grasp the meek part. Maybe it's the uh like the 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 inner part of him that's the meek. Like maybe that's that Ugh, I don't know. I, I can't quite connect the two yet. It for me it's the talentless ego. Okay, that maybe that's what I was searching for, reaching for. Okay, yes. Definitely can see that. But to me, industry-wise, his energy gives the same off of his fellow Sagittarian Jay-Z. He's just not... He wants to be up there, but he's not up there. He's been doing it longer than him, but... Well, I don't even really know if he's really been doing it longer than him. But they've been in it about the same amount, but... He did work for it, but he didn't have to go as hard as Puff did and has surpassed and superseded what he even imagined to do. And ironically, I still I still don't even see, I don't know where I see him, but I, I never took Jay-Z for a fucking Sagittarius. Even though I know he is. I've never taken him for a Sagittarius. I don't know what it is. And I guess it makes sense. He kind of gives... I guess he gives me... Aquarius vibe. I, I, I felt that shit. But you know it's that, that, that Aquarius Sagittarius... Um, energy exchange. It's a, a combo in between the two. It's definitely a a strong compatibility of energy. They do mirror each other. They're both like the free spirits. The don't like the commitment being tied down. Both after the money and expansion. Both adventurous. Well, Aquarius adventurous in their own way as far as being free spirited. Just want to go with the flow and all of that. But yeah, I, I can see the Aquarian energy that you pick up from him. That could be his rising or whatnot. Um, it's not December yet, so it is Sagittarius season, but I'm I was gonna do Jay Z's on his day on the other platform. <laughs> um let's see. Okay, we mm-hmm. you say who we got next? Yeah, who we got next? So, yeah, now that we then talked about R. Kelly and how basically he getting out or whatnot, but they, they did the same thing to him that they did to Prince and to uh, Michael Jackson. So, since we're talking about the Jay-Z, go to LL Cool J. Have you ever paid attention? Have you ever heard? Have you learned who LL Cool J's biological father is? Now that I think about it, I don't remember them mentioning either one of his parents. Now, as the story goes, like he witnessed his um, alleged biological father beat his mother, well, attempt to murder his mother and his grandfather 
at an early age. And then once she moved on from that relationship and recovered, she got into another relationship with another abusive man who went on to beat and abuse him um, starting at the age of eight and all of that. Fast forward. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Was this abuse sexual by chance? Now, that particular part, I did not dig deeper into, but he definitely suffered physical abuse, and it was physical evidence of that, bruises, um, black eyes, and stuff like that at an early age. But it could have been, during that time and that era, things like that um, did happen. But... Allegedly, by but I mean, shit, it came out of his mouth too. So, um, allegedly, and if it came out of his mouth, I don't have to say allegedly. So, Tito Jackson is LL Cool J's biological father. And when you look at the picture, the motherfuckers look alike. And the story goes is that he didn't want people to know that um, that was his son. And so they kept things on a hush. And then when it got to when he wanted to be in the industry because he was talented or whatever, and the Jacksons were picking up and, and, and taking off. And this youngster was making moves and waves and all of that. And so he used to get blocked from studio time and get locked up into the studio and wasn't allowed to come out and wasn't allowed to put certain stuff out to a certain period of time and all of that. And that's when he was under Barry Gordy's influence. And he even went on a whole rant and rave and then did a whole video about it or whatnot saying, yes, did y'all ever wonder what the J's for? The Todd J? Well, the J stands for Jackson. I'm James Todd Jackson. Not James Todd Jr. I'm James Todd Jackson. And so basically the name was, the James name was put, naming after his alleged biological father, but he's really a member of the Jackson family that he's never been recognized as. But a lot of that shit was going on back in the day. And a lot of times when it comes to people in the industry, you're not going to really be in the industry unless you blood related to somebody else in the industry. Or you really just got the talent like that. But nine times out of ten, you got to have the talent like that and you be blood related to another person in the industry, whether it is predominantly known or not. And and then in that case that you're not a blood relative, whether it's predominantly known or not, you're the reincarnated clone of a previous celebrity or whatnot. Like if you look at um what is his god dang it, what is his dang old name? Oh my goodness. Sheesh, I cannot think of it right now. So, you're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me that ladies love Cool J said out of his own mouth that Tito Jackson 
is his biological father. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you can YouTube or Google that motherfucker. If no, they took it off. I'm I'm in disbelief, but not not like that kind of disbelief. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you wholeheartedly, because like I said, I've never and maybe I could have missed that that portion in my life. Um, I I never really heard them mention much about his parents. Like, you know, maybe you see his mother uh, take a picture with him on a red carpet, you know, or at the awards, something like that. But just in the, in the quote-unquote tabloids, there was never really anything like that concerning him for real. Uh, for the most part, he... In my opinion, he kept himself pretty squeaky clean. And I'm just, I'm just in shock because the Jacksons as a tribe, outside of who their doctor is, have so many secrets. Mm-hmm. Because they all share the same doctor because they all have the same face. Yeah, and all of them had basically surgery done on their face. The nose, they all manipulated their nose. And if it came out, <laughs> you know, if you look at their original nose, she it'll, it'll look like he... he First, you wouldn't think about it, but then when you go and look at the pictures and side by side, you like, shit, he couldn't deny that motherfucker if he wanted to. So, his mother, was this, is this a, a friendship situation? Is this groupie love? No disrespect? Like, the connection... down you know how Tito was even back in the movie he was all over the girls the girls was all over him mm-hmm and he may have them thinking that everyone was the one or he probably never you know committed to neither one of them but it happened and I'm pretty sure there's others. That's where my mind was going. That means that there's still a lot of Jack because this family has hidden so many children mm -hmm. from the spotlight, from the lineage. And it, I find it very interesting why they would do that. I mean, the same with Janet and her alleged child with the... The barge. Mm-hmm. That was, like, fact growing up. Like, everybody was talking about it, but not everybody was talking about it. It wasn't tabloid all on the news, but it was known amongst 
people. And, and that's crazy. Like, it was widely known amongst the culture, but it was not popularly broadcasted like how stuff is now. But everybody knew. And, uh, and allegedly, that, that baby is Ashanti. Allegedly, Ashanti is Janet Jackson and Chico DeBarge's love child. Girl, you killing me. That's that's now that's a legend. <laughs> like <laughs> So then where's the talent? Mm. I mean because to me Ashanti's not talented. No. She's pretty. She's pretty. She's always been very pretty, but vocally, I don't Who's the father? Allegedly, Chico. See? <sighs> but to me, to me, Janet can't sing. Like, what? I won't say can't sing, but to me, she's not the best vocalist. She's a great-ass performer. She's like the Beyonce before Beyonce was Beyonce. Yeah, she's like the most superb whisperer ever in life. Yes, that's not singing. She know how to seduct the motherfucker with her voice. That's conjuring. But she be having motherfuckers food that she can sing. No, she put on performance. And she conjures the motherfuckers. So when you go back to saying, where's the talent? I can ask the same fucking thing because to me, the only talented motherfucker was Michael. I agree. Everybody else just got on because of the name and her looks. Now, when it comes to Janet, um, yeah, she wasn't even good on the goddamn TV show growing up as a little girl before she was even Janet. Oh well, damn, that shut me down. My bad. <laughs> no, you good. I was gonna say with her, good time. Like she was able to develop and learn how to act, and that has been something that I feel like could carry her. Yes, into her transitioning. Um, because I I didn't you felt like she didn't do well as Penny I mean Rudy would have did better oh girl Keisha Palmer I mean whatever not Keisha Palmer what the fuck is her name Keisha Keisha Pullum 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 something Pullum yeah yeah Night Pullum KKP yeah that one While we're on this, the Cosby's real quick. Mm-hmm. Raven Simone. And, ooh, I'm glad you went there because that's going to segue into Orlando Brown crazy's ass. I am so intrigued by him. <laughs> Boy, yes. But what was you about to say about Raven before we get into the next one? <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, it was something that Orlando Brown had said. Well, yeah, Orlando said, Miley Cyrus is Raven Simone. Okay, yeah, that's funny. So, now, there are situations like that that go on, but he basically being a distraction right now, but... 
Miley Cyrus is not Raven Simone, but there are like celebrity doubles, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Um, well, just for example, using Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown allegedly is a character created of LL Cool J. And the younger created version of Orlando Brown is, uh, what's his name? The little red dude that looked like XX Tashion and they did songs together. Um, something Trippy Yes, him. Yeah. Trippy fucking red, hell. All three of them motherfuckers look alike and allegedly those two <laughs> are creator, creator characters of him. Because a lot of times when celebrities start getting older and start to get ready to transition, they'll pull out a younger clone version of them. And and so on and so forth. So when he said, when Orlando said Miley Cyrus is Raven Simone, I didn't necessarily take it as a double. And I could be wrong. Because he never fully gave context. And if he did, I missed it. I took it as they both had the same training and upbringing mm-hmm. and the goals. And they what they wanted for Raven Simone, they ended up giving it to Miley. And it could be due to the fact that Miley's father had all yeah. this. And the industry, you know, artists... He has so much debt on people. Like, they owe him so much money from bar. Like, Billy Ray is a loan shark, from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's that's definitely how it go. They have a blueprint set up for one. And if they don't fall in alignment or something goes wrong, they'll put somebody else in that blueprint and make that shit for them. They've been doing it for forever and they're going to keep doing it. That's why all of these artists sound the same, borderline look the same. And a lot of times when it comes to the melanated, the you melanated, they, just like Elvis, he stole his whole style from, or his, the black, person in which he stole his style from, that shit was basically given to him. Same thing with James Brown. They even show you that in the damn movie. He recorded and showed them the whole thing again. They just to some white folks. He wrote and performed the shit and then you turn around and give that shit to some white folks and now you hear some white folks singing and performing his wow. shit. Apple white bamboo. That boy. Oh my goodness. Sheesh. And yeah, and Little Richard was a a a, a spinoff of of him. Okay. Little Richard, for all intents and purposes, gives me Black Elton John. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now I cannot unsee that shit. Right? Little Richard is, was, 
Elton John and Liberace's Love Child with a 10. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah, I definitely can agree there. Yeah, I definitely can't see that shit now. Because it seems like they are, they have all of these people, they being the you melanated. Fail or the you? Fail, the fail. The fail. The fail melanated. They have all of these people that they consider artists, that they consider talent, that they consider social, whatever. And their background is, uh, you know, less than squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so they find somebody to throw at us and be like, well, you can't talk about Elton John being gay because y'all have Little Richard. You know, they, they have to make an equivalent. Oh, their fingers are not pointed their way, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, speaking of these doubles and shit, when we get 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 on from Orlando, what similarities have you noticed about takeoff well not takeoff I would say offset his ass looks like when I said that a lot of times when a celebrity is getting ready to go out they bring in a younger version of them or a younger clone that doesn't have to necessarily be the same sex but it's the older woman that looks like Offset identical like that could be his mother or grandmother I should say you know I'm probably I'm probably not even in the ballpark but I'm seeing Whoopi Goldberg kinda close kinda close is Dion Warwick oh Girl, you ain't lying. Allegedly, Offset is the younger clone version of Dion. They have a younger version of T.I. And that's, that's... that person is going to be the closing song. <laughs> and I wonder if you could guess who the younger version, just looking at T.I.'s nose, or who the alleged younger clone version of him is. And pay attention to most of the time, all of these motherfuckers going to have crosses on their head, on their, on their body somewhere. Mainly they fucking forehead. trying to go through my mental Rolodex. I mean, just based off of complexion alone, my brain went to Trippy Red, but... That's allegedly Orlando Brown. Oh, going back to Orlando Brown, 
uh, um, in that interview that you referred to, did you not pay attention to how he kept calling um, LL Tito and he kept calling himself Michael? You know what? That's, that's another confirmation on that shit right there. <laughs> I, let me just say, <laughs> now a lot of this shit be distraction, but you can find some truth in that shit. And you can tell they fucked him up. They fucked him up bad, but there's still some real Orlando in there. And within all of that, it's like a, a glitch. Some of the truth come out, and then a whole bunch of other bullshit come out right behind it, so you don't pay attention to, re- to what part is really the truth. And that's what I was about to say. But you you know, I'm usually the, the queen of the unpopular opinion. However, I am here for all of Orlando Brown's shenanigans. I'm you... Cause I can pick out, I can pick out, I can tell when he glitched in, in, in all of that and when the bullshit come out. And I know when he talking about some real deal legit shit. I'm here for it. It's given. It's, you know, whether some of the information is falsified and some of it is true, it's nonetheless entertaining. Uh, oh my goodness. I don't know what they did with Cat Williams' consciousness, but that somehow threw it into Orlando. I'm not the only one that see that shit. Nope. I swear, the whole time he was on that interview with from the glasses on and off, I was like, he is going through a real big breakdown. He is fighting to keep his fucking life, his sanity, what part of sanity he does have left. And all I kept seeing was Cat Williams when they was fucking with him mm-hmm. and going through the shit, kept trying to throw him in jail. He kept getting jumped and, and all of that shit. I just, that's all I kept seeing was just Cat Williams jumping in, just jumping in. And I'm like, ooh, they look too much alike right now. Yeah. And that can go back to shit that he's saying. Even yeah. though they throwing the LL Cool J shit out there, shit, is he really a cat right now? Like, the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. shit. I saw it on him as well that I saw Cat Williams on his ass tough to wear. Yeah, it was almost like he was just this close to morphing into that man physically. Orlando, 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 if you're listening to this, (laughs) DM me (laughs) so we can talk. Uncut, unfiltered, like a mug. I give him the time. Cause like a lot of people put him on his show just to laugh at him, and that's not me. Get, get their clicks and views and shit. And I'm like, he didn't actually been through some shit. And and every time somebody says, even though he didn't say what he said about Raven, anytime somebody the way that motherfucker broke down, like he broke down several times in there. He was breaking down before they even aired. You feel like he was in love with her? Yeah, he great. Still is. They was together from the age of 13 to 20. Not just 20, like early 20s. That's a long time in the industry. And they both, and you know how the industry is, they like to manipulate and, and get them at a young age. So 
they exposed them sexually to each other at at an early age. They were on set working with each other. They had on cat on you know good chemistry. They were already good friends. Didn't he say he they, lost virginity to her? Yes, he said that, and he also said that they never fucked. Also, that it was just a lot of um, you know. But they lost their virginity to each other. She didn't had abortions with his children. Because they were too young. Allegedly, this is coming from a few interviews that he done done. Because sometimes, you know, in his same emotional state, he'll drop a lot of truth. But then when he's in his manic state, he, uh, like, he really try to protect her a lot. Even though he be emotional and he be spilling some beans. His ultimate goal is really not to harm her, and he really hurt that there that he did she ghosted him. Like if you, um, she even talked about it on the show. Like a lot of people probably thought that he was lying about his relationship with her, but she even admits it. She was like she suffers from PTSD because of the relationship that she had for him. But she was in a long relationship with him. She really loved him. They were really close, and um. He said that their relationship was good. They didn't end on bad terms. It's just that the last two years of their relationship, she became like a super diva or whatever. And then after that, she became gay. And what really hurt him and where he really, really flipped off is when she had that baby by her best friend who was white and gay. When, of course, they were young and she allegedly aborted their children. But then on another interview when somebody was like, um, so the shut was must have been so good. Da, 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 da. You still thinking about her and da, 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 da. she must got some good stuff. And he was like, we never fucked. But like, she used to get caught jacking me off, blah, 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 blah. That's what he said. And at the age of 13, and they was like, oh, y'all was getting real nasty, nasty. And he was just like, well, she was just a nasty bitch. <laughs> How he get to talking or whatever, but... Wait, so, were, I mean, abortions and... So, were they turkey-based thing? Well, I don't think they was turkey-based, and I think they actually did, like, physically lose their virginity to each other, but him trying to, you know, take back and kind of protector in a way because he talked about the abortions um, before live and uncut like she was pregnant by me and everything was and she hadn't had any children I mean you do the math well she could have miscarried but or it could have been a combination of both but them being so young and her being in the spotlight and so many little girls looking up to her, she couldn't have been, you know, she couldn't have had a baby. And then that will also explain some of the um, gaps in her career. If, you know, and all those times that she just like blew up physically, got really big and really wide. Yes. You know, if all of that is factual, which, it's very plausible. But that's that's Hollywood. Not not Hollywood, that's the industry for you. And, um, going back into the 
alleged, you know, celebrity duplications. Who do you think is the reincarnated Biggie Smalls? <laughs> oh my goodness, you stumped me with that one. I really had to think because... <sighs> and think about a dance that was popular like a few years ago. It was real popular, and then all of a sudden, this person disappeared from the scene due to some legal issues. And it was simple. Just moving your legs back and forth a certain way. Oh, girl. Break the ice. Hot nigga is the name of one of the songs. Oh, my goodness. So, Shmurda. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> Bobby Shmurda. Yes, yes, yes. Now, thinking about Michael Jackson, his younger years, who would favor that? Who would favor Young Mike? Mm-hmm. Like Thriller era Mike. In their and, current style now. And see, that is where... Because I think me, you and I have touched on this a little bit, you know, in other conversations. That is where I'm torn um, with Chris Brown. Because I could very much see them wanting to replace Godfather Michael with Chris if Chris was did not beat up Rihanna. But they don't look alike. No, they don't look alike. You're right. So we're talking about strictly off of phenotype and mm-hmm. Oh Like I give you one. The week about think about Jaden Smith and XX Takashian. Oh shit! I'm crying. <laughs> I am fucking crying. <laughs> oh shit! Think about Coolio and Travis Scott. Girl. Oh my goodness, so think about Tupac and Quavo. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's like all I can say, like Gersh. So going back to Michael, Bruno Mars. Oh, girl. Bruno fucking motherfucking Mars. Yeah. Mm hmm. Can. Wait. Okay, so you're saying. Okay, okay, that's why. Strictly physique. Because I'm like. 
Bruno can't even dance for real. Mm-hmm. But look at his style. Look at his hair. Look at the glasses he wears. Yes. Then yeah. pay attention to young Mike. No, you're right. I agree. I agree completely. That is definitely ease on down. Ease on down the road. <laughs> the Wiz Mike. Um, you know, first nose job Mike. Yes. Mm-hmm. That one. First nose job Mike. Mm-hmm. So shit. Orlando, he partially right when he talk about some stuff. And speaking of that, that's one talented individual. He can rap his ass off, and he currently got an album out underground. But people not gonna speak on that or promote that. Uh, they just want people to keep that crazy, drug addicted, strung out. Shit, hell, the industry made him do it. Hell, look at Macaulay Culkin. All of these motherfuckers, that's it. even Raven fucked up. Shit, everybody that were so-called child stars. Look at the guy doggone Olsen twins. Brittany. One of them looked so, ooh, one of them looked like a fucking walking skeleton. They look like they can barely stand up that they be so fucking hungover on whatever the fuck it is that they be on, whether it's some type of injectable, I don't know. But man, they look bad. And they're younger than us. Significantly younger than us. And they look every bit of old school 50. Yes, the old school 50 from the trench coats that they wear to the bags to they... Because, you know, when you and I were growing up, 50 looked like 50. And they, like, they they look significantly in their 60s. Both of them. One more than the other. Like, yeah, definitely. One tried to hold on to a solo. But, shoot, like... Like they, like LL said, dude, he was locked up in a room and wasn't allowed to do shit. Like they do fucked up shit to your ass in the industry. When you the star, that's why I, I, I don't, I don't want to be known for rapping or whatever. I'll be behind the scenes with the beats and and stuff like that. Yeah, that doesn't mean I don't know how to do it. Same thing with Chris Brown. Uh, to segue back to him. He wanted to be a rapper at first, but everybody's a rapper, but he could sing and he can dance. And so that was the thing. You go out there and you be a singer and you do your dancing and they wouldn't expect that from you. And then you can add the rapping in later because I think he ended up doing a rap album or on one of his albums, he ended up displaying his rap skills, but on some shows, he freestyled. Like, he is very multi-talented, but the industry fucked him up just like they fuck everybody else up. Who they, who allow themselves to get fucked up, and then the ones who don't allow themselves to get fucked up, they either get a bad name made for themselves, their career is evidently over, and um, 
or in worst case scenario, something bad happens to them or someone close to them. And that just that's only if they so fucking talented that they want your ass, whether you want to be wanted or not. Uh, we got the perfect slot for you to fill. Allegedly, you know. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just know. Side, what happened? Just a little side note. Mm-hmm. Because it popped up on my screen. How do you feel about Kanye West asking Donald Trump to be his running mate for the campaign? <clears throat> That's rather bold. Because for one, no one's really going to take him serious. Some people will, but the ones who matter as far as what's running this country is look at him like a joke. Because they're the one that put him under the alleged MK ultra control and they ones that's responsible for his quote unquote mental illness, alleged mental illness and all of that. So they are the ones in charge of who is even elected each year in the first place. So with Trump already having the now stigma that he had they really is not gonna. But I don't think he's on Trump's level to be asking him as a running mate. He should have been Trump's running mate. In my opinion. Okay. Just wanted, because it, you know, it popped up on my screen while we're here. Which was new to me. <laughs> But you said it just popped up, so shit, yeah. It's my first time hearing it out one. But yeah, I it just popped on the level. And I don't mean, well, definitely not financial-wise. But he's been rubbing elbows with these politicians for forever. And, and on his hand, he's been making enemies out of them. So. And nobody wants a Hebrew Israelite running the country. An unstable Hebrew Israelite. An unstable black Hebrew Israelite. Nobody wants a rapper running the country. Nobody wants the Kardashians. That just be one step closer to what the Kardashians initially want. Presidency. And then, you know, him being a Gemini to get his family back. He accepted, you know, now we have a Kardashian as the first lady. Who really wants that? Let's just be rational here. Lastical here. I mean, that's just where my mind goes. I don't know. I'm asking you for your mind. <laughs> it was just a side note because it popped up. So I, we can get back on track. That was, uh, I just found that interesting. Like he's broadcasting it everywhere that he's running. Part of me feels like Trump wants to do his own thing. 
and run his own campaign. Mm -hmm. But then another part of me feels like not that he wouldn't get it because people are so fed up with Biden that they would vote a kangaroo into office this next election at this point. Just, I mean, they're just so fed up with him and, and his lies and the pedophilia that's running through his family and the in the media. Um, but part of me feels like Trump, he knows that he'll get the black vote, you know, if he ran with Kanye. Not that he wouldn't get it if he didn't, but he knows if he ran with Kanye, he would definitely get the black vote as well as people underestimate the face that Kanye has. He definitely has a, a good fan base, but if his fan base is not of the elite, right. I mean, look look how strong Trump had in his fan base, and they went through all the tricks and the trades to get his shit erased and, and hidden and buried and burned, and he barely won. But they did all, just imagine what they did, would do to him. He definitely got a strong-ass support system. And if the system actually ran off of real support, he would definitely be a strong runner and candidate, a strong candidate and a strong chance of winning based off of his fan base. But, I mean, not even fan base. Well, yeah, there's definitely fanatics. But based off of his support and fan base, shucks. But that's not how the system really works. So, <sighs> yeah, they might let him think he got it, but mm. I don't think they're going to really give it to him. They don't want another Obama situation, another black one person a rapper running the country but eventually they're gonna have any choice not saying it's gonna be a rapper but eventually they're not gonna have any choice um what you think about the al cena situation i <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I feel like all the signs were there. Um, I feel like everybody wanted to put make the joke be on Will. Now the joke's on Jada. I feel like He's been so deep in the closet that he's coming out of Narnia. Because if you 
there's there is one thing to be open to love right it's one thing to be open to love in my mind a straight man that is legitimately heterosexual is not open to giving or receiving love from another man of any kind be it a masculine man be it a feminine man be it a trans um woman that shit's so confusing whatever one they are I feel like he been that way and I feel like Jada was the last straw with her little manly looking self let's be honest <laughs> let's be honest she's a, a pretty woman however she could also pass for a pretty trans you know you do not lying she could pass she's always kept her hair a different kind of short not a different kind of short <laughs> You got, you got Anita Baker short, right? Still feminine. You got Tony Braxton short, right? Still feminine. Then you have G.I. Jada Pinkett Smith short. And it's really giving RuPaul Drag Race um, pre-costume change. Like, dressing dressing room. It's giving dressing room vibes of what these men on this show look like. And it's no shade towards the men. And it's no towards Jada. This is just my personal opinion of the appearance I have seen a lot of these homosexual men rocking the Jada Pinkett Smith because it's the best way to get these wigs on I'm coming my mic so I feel like and I've always felt this way, Karaka. I've always felt, because in my opinion, once again, my personal opinion, um, you normally see the pheomelanated people, usually of the European Anglo-Saxon lineage, where when they're younger, they desire these women with this long flowing hair. They usually want it blonde and super long and pretty. And then by the time they're 60, they're at the barbershop together. Damn. And 
their wives have very short hair. Very, very short hair. And then these are also the same men who typically always have questionable sexual preferences. And so if your woman doesn't have any hair and you hitting it from the back, it could be anybody. Oh, let me stop. Yeah, you do. Shit, boy. My goodness. You just gonna drop the bomb on these folks like that. Because that's a scary thought. That's a fucking scary ass thought. And a visual. It was a even more scarier visual. And, and for those who feel like this is shade, I'm I'm rocking I'm rocking a, a GI Jada Pinkett Smith as we speak. Those are one hundred percent facts. You know, my hair is exceptionally short, <clears throat> so it's definitely not a jab or anything. It's just my personal opinion that I've noticed that the older some people get the less hair that they have to have because of other people's preferences. Because if you like long hair, you like long hair. That's not going to change over the years unless it was never really what you liked anyway. You know? But... I guess. Exactly. <laughs> So that um, pretty much wrap up today's show. But before we go, I want to, since of this new information you have learned as far as these replacements go, these industry replacements, who do you think is here to replace T.I.? Allegedly. Uh, and that's the one you did ask me, and I'm, oh my goodness. <clears throat> I gave you time. I, I went you did. samples and stuff, so. You gave yeah. me more than enough time. I'm trying to flip through and see whose face matches and a lot of times you you focus you being the phenotype expert mm -hmm. what's the main focal points the nose and yes the eyes the and nose the eyes. and yeah. the eyes yeah, the nose perfect. and the eyes that's that's you know predominantly the center face. Mm -hmm. Now, since we are doing industry talk and we basically been talking about music artists and um, whatnot, next week's show, we're going to get into the, the darker side of things since um, this is basically sacrifice season. And so that's the title of next week's episode sacrifice season and um 
<laughs> we're going to get into the situation with Takeoff and a lot of other um, great industry deaths or alleged deaths. Because mm-hmm. some of these so-called alleged deaths really were in death of the actual person. You know, but we'll get into that aspect next week's episode. But speaking of the charts, um, one of the top charting artists that is trending in the charts uh, uh, today. Just gonna play a little bit of the snippet to, no pun intended, take us off. <laughs> And maybe this will bring some light into some insight into your final answer. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> okay, so 21 Savage has 14.5 million followers on Instagram. And I don't even know what would be Hustle Man. I think he might be under Hustle Man because he's definitely not under Clifford Harris, I doubt. Yeah, I'm finna. F- I don't even feel comfortable saying his dang on government name. It's like weird. That. It's weird. Let me go find his Instagram because the fuck is going on? Trouble Man. Yeah, that's it, dude. My goodness, we sure say hustle. Oh, wow. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. 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 So, 21 Savage has 14.5 million followers. T.I. has 14.6 million followers. Now, in my opinion, that's still makes 21 Savage the bigger star because he has contributed less to the industry and he has been around not nearly as long. So he's getting ready to pass up T.I. Mm-hmm. 100,000 followers is nothing. Mm-mm. Not for somebody who's a big name. No. Right. He could he legitly get that overnight. And I'm pretty sure that he's building that up on his clubhouse because you know 21 is always on clubhouse Mm, he definitely will be boosting them numbers up quick with all them thirst pockets on on clubhouse 21 savage has 3.2 million followers and he, <laughs> so you add those together in addition to what he has there, then you know, not not even count the other platforms he has. Right. <clears throat> so yeah. Now, I don't know if you follow Glorilla, but she's allegedly here to replace Little Mama. I see that. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. AKA Little Bow Wow. Right. That one. <laughs> cool Orlando Brown says <coughs> had had that good. <laughs> but but boy. Mm-hmm. the shit. That one exposes. Mm-hmm. No, for real. And Glorilla, I I could definitely see her replacing um, Lil Mama because, regardless of contrary belief, Lil Mama actually has some sense. The industry needs these people to be dumb. Yep. 
And Glorilla is not smart. And if she is, she sure know how to play that dumb role for the party. Would she like um? What the fuck is his name? He changed his name from Titty Boy to um. Okay. Yes, that motherfucker smart than a motherfucker in real life. But he knew that him being smart wasn't gonna get him in the industry, so he played dumb, knew how to write dumbass music because that's what the fuck they wanted. But that motherfucker had a 4.0 all through school was a, I think accounting major and some more shit but don't nobody know that shit really they just know they call him titty boy <laughs> I am smoking on ass like Sean B. Else to the mix who do you think Drake is here to uh, replace oh my god because Drake came doing something and look at his nose and his lips and that, that thought keep that thought in your head what you were going to say and think about somebody that came to you in your dreams Prince that, damn that didn't take fucking long at all yeah. shout out to Prince Prince told me that he knows that we did not deserve him. And he also told me that he knows that y'all don't deserve me either. I, when he came in the dream, how much time we got? When he came in the dream, I had just seen a post of his on, I wanna say it was probably Twitter. And it was just like a little reel of, you know, colloquialisms and phrases and just those, you know, his little quirkiness. Mm. And the caption read, we did not deserve Prince. The, the planet Earth did not deserve Prince. And when he came to me in the dream, riding me around in his little red Corvette, <laughs> I told him, and I knew it was lucid. I told him, I said, I just seen a post about you last night he was like okay and I was like it was talking about how we did not deserve you here and he's like they're right they didn't deserve me and they don't deserve you either and I was like Ugh. and it just it made me think about a lot of things go ahead I'm sorry no I was just agreeing with you like, it definitely didn't deserve, nope. Definitely did not. Well, we do know that these agendas, alleged agendas, are definitely being pushed at their all-time high, especially during these Mars retrograde. And, um... Going back to that railroad situation with Megan, I mean, all of this, and she ended up doing a quote-unquote alleged realistic style performance when she dressed it up as the devil, dressed it up, what the fuck, when she dressed up as um, the devil with the horns. 
that was a alleged symbolic. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. She keeps putting herself, even with the name alone, into these masculine entities. Mm-hmm. And she can't keep any friends. She been in the news now, um, talking about how she don't expose Tiana Taylor and her and Tiana Taylor not um rocking with each other anymore. And and all it's just every time a so called female allegedly get close to her, something always <clears throat> goes wrong. Something always happened. Her and the damn Jenner girl. Just too much. And then when you look at it, she is an Aquarius, so what more can you really expect? But next week's episode, we really gonna get deep, deep, deep into this whole takeoff situation. We're gonna talk about the princes, we're gonna talk about Aaron Carter, all this shit. You talk about some mind blowing shit. You know, you literally just, I was literally just getting ready to say, like, my mind is completely blown over. Like, completely blown over all. I mean, did we, we, did we even cover everybody today? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we got through everybody. Some bowls, Karaka. <laughs> and for those who don't know Kuraka Nauzi is Swahili for Patches Black I am still who I am I just know how to respond to you in whatever language in which you speak major language now don't get to ask me about none of these off-brand languages tribal languages I know nothing of but that of my own <laughs> <laughs> But I am Padazo Negra, Patches Black, Pache Noir, Karaka Nuzi. You talk that shit and I'ma grab my Uzi. I was playing. I'ma spit my water out. My bad. So we I think we have three minutes. I can't count right now. No, yeah, we have three minutes. Okay. Um, closing. Let the people know where to follow you and drop your plugs and all of that. And oh, wow. Catch you next, catch you next, Poolsin. Okay. Um, I left this B. A N E P H T H Y S Bonefthis on Twitter. And I probably need to, you know, synchronize all of these. And then on Instagram, Goddess Bonefthis. So it's G O D I S underscore B A N E T. N-E-P-H-T-H-Y-S Goddess by Nephthys with an underscore G-O-D-I-S um, and that's on my Instagram the same 
the way you know it's me is both all of my profiles should have the same profile picture except for if you find me on clubhouse if you find me on clubhouse (laughs) you never know what my picture is gonna be i'm not even gonna lie about that um my clubhouse is goddess by nephthys g-o-d-i-s-b-a-n-e-p-h-t-h-y-s no underscore and those are typically the places where you can find me right now is instagram twitter clubhouse i will start back doing my station head a new one of those so be on the lookout for that i'm also writing a book caraca i'm also writing a book so i can't say be on the lookout just yet but i am in the process of writing a book my autobiography and it's going to be fire Awesome. 22-22, Porter open, and that's the end of the show. See you next, Pulisense. Thanks for showing up. With that being said, tune in to the next episode. Like always, we're coming straight from the dome. Patches Black, take us home.